Last week, we heard about heaven. Today, I want to take what we learned last week and put some application to it. We learned how heaven is real. It's not a, just a spiritual place, but it is a physical place. We learned what is in heaven, what is not in heaven, and how exciting it will be to be in heaven one day. Today, we're going to take that and let's put some practical application. How does that affect us now in our life and where I am right now, the situations that I'm in, and what's the Lord calling me to do? So that's kind of the game plan for today. Um, it is summertime. I did keep the Sunday school in here today. I have an object lesson, and it's going to be a, a relatively short overall lesson today for everybody. So hopefully I don't lose you guys. We're going to make it short and sweet, but uh, get straight to the points, so that hopefully today you may take something home with you that you don't forget. All right? And maybe the illustration will help. Maybe you won't forget the illustration. I'll, let's just put it that way. All right? Um, okay, let's open the word of prayer real quick. Lord of God, we give you thanks for this another t- opportunity we have to look into your word. I pray that I would not return void as you have promised, that your word will accomplish the mission that you have set for it. I pray as you look into it, you would soften our hearts, help us to hear the things you have to say, and may we leave a people that are changed, and that are more devoted to you than ever before. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. I just want to read a couple of verses. We'll read the first uh, four verses. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So today's theme is things above. We are to set our hearts and our minds on things above. Why are we to do that? And how are we to do that? Now, as we looked at last week, is heaven real? Yes, it most certainly is. And First Thessalonians says this, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. One day, we will be with Jesus. It's coming, guys. It's not some fictitious fairyland thing that we say over and over again to make ourselves feel good. No, it's real. All right? Um, Philippians, 2, uh, sorry, Philippians 3.20, For our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be eagerly awaiting Jesus' return. He is going to physically come back and take us. If we don't die first here on earth, He's going to come back and get us in the rapture. That's a wonderful, victorious day. Can't wait for that. I hope I'm alive to see that. 1 Peter 1, it was read this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great Mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. And it's reserved for you. God is keeping for each of you who believe in Him a great inheritance in heaven. Physical, this is real. And I want to get our minds wrapped around that. So I have a little illustration that we're going to do, and it's going to look at the timeline of your life. It's going to look at the timeline of your life, and it's going to be a little funny, a little silly. I need my two helpers to come help me out with my little illustration, okay? Um, 
Because have you ever tried to think about your lifetime? Now, for some of you who are closer to the end, maybe it's been more really think about that more. And for you younger ones, maybe you don't even think about it at all. Have you thought about what your lifeline looks like? All right, so my two helpers, I'm still waiting for you to come up here. Come up here. Thank you. I'm stalling until you get here. All right. Good. Let's bust this out. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Nadie's going to help me out on this side. So let's start off our lifetime. Here is you, born at a very young age. We'll go gender neutral. Okay, but this is, this is, this is what's in my household, okay? We're a household of females, so... Anyways, here's you, born at a very young age. All right? Nady, here you go. Hold that. Marvelous. All right? Now, as you grew up, you got to the marker phase. You like to decorate. You like to draw. You went to elementary school. Okay? And after elementary school... Keep walking, Nady. Hold up high. Hold up high. There we go. People see him. After elementary school, you graduated to high school where you stopped using the elementary things. You started using real writing utensils. You had to write the essays, and you grew in knowledge. And maybe, maybe some of you, after high school, graduated to Penn's. College life. Maybe some form of higher education. You're now in your late teens, early 20s. Okay? Maybe some of you, in that time, I don't know where in your lifetime, but maybe you heard about Jesus Christ, and you got saved. You believed the truth of the Bible. Maybe somewhere in your 20s, you put a ring on it, all right? You got married, maybe. All right, maybe you did, maybe you did, but somewhere in your 20s, maybe 30s, you got yourself a spouse, and you got yourself a job, all right? Maybe some of you, this is your dream job. For some of you, it's driving boats, and they actually pull that off. A lot of people, it's just driving helicopters around. But you got yourself a job, you got an appointment, you go there every single day, day after day, day after day, to pay the bills, right? What comes typically with marriage and a job? Baby shoes. You got yourself a kid. You got yourself the, the family dog, right? You're living the American dream. You got yourself a home. You got the baby. You got the dog that's going crazy in the house, tearing things up, all right? Now we're probably what? Some 30s, 20s, 30s. You got the, the home. Whoops. Dogs pass away sometimes. All right. <laughs> um, it's a sad tragedy in every home. Now, after the kids grow up and leave, some of you are in this phase of your life. Retirement phase. Time for the toys, right? Because I don't have to spend the money on the kids anymore. I can spend the money on me now, right? So you go to yourself, you buy yourself an airplane, get in some hobbies, you golf a lot, maybe you get the RVs and travel around. You're living the golden life now. But for those of you in the golden life, you know, life, I'm sorry guys, but life, life does eventually come to an end. It does eventually, this is my grave. Um, it's the best I could find in my house that represented a grave. Um, this is, unfortunately for all of us, this does come one day. Wow, well, our lines. <laughs> no, not yet, please. <laughs> I took that up your name. That's the best thing. There you go. You're free, my friend. Now pull this this way. Everybody can see it. See it. See it. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Whoop. How strong is the microphone? Don't do that. 
Does this work? Work, work, work. Oh, good. Who needs that? Stop around. Maybe. Stay. There we go. And here is your life at the end. Now, for most of the world, this is what they're all about, is this part of their lifetime, is getting everything done that they want to get done, hitting that bucket list, getting their life, having a happy time, doing the best that they can. But we know at the end of our life, the grave is not the end. Right? Just like Jesus, our graves will be empty one day. All right? We are not going to remain dead. There's life after, right? Is that real for you? Have you ever thought about, maybe if you're at that end of the spectrum, you haven't thought about it too much, but if you're at this end of the spectrum, maybe you're thinking about it more. What is to come? What is that like? For some of us, have you ever done the mind game, hey, how long is eternity? How long is, have you ever tried to think about how long heaven is? I love doing that stuff. Like, you know, I try to think about how far space is to the very end. It's like really long. I like to think about sometimes, you know, how, how big heaven is. It's really big. Heaven's, you know, it's eternity, right? Lincoln, Lincoln here. Hold that end, hold that end. Go do your thing. Yeah, see, um, oh, let's not cut people here, Lincoln. Around the chairs, go around the chairs, go around the chairs, go low. There we go. Keep going, my friend. Yeah, um, our lifetime, right now, in the moment, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm about here. No, I'm about, oh, man, I'm already halfway. Um, Is this phase really long? Please tell me this phase over here is really long. (laughs) Um, Our lifetime right now, for, for most of us, seems like it's forever long. Like, high school took forever. College took forever. Life with kids is eternity, right? That's what it feels like to us. And we get so wrapped up. Lincoln, do the zigzags. Come on, get up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We feel like life here on earth is so long. Yet compared to eternity of what's to come, how long is this life? It's minuscule. Lincoln right now is trying to represent how long heaven is. This is your life right here in a nutshell. That's what's to come. 1,500 yards of string. Okay? That's what's to come. And, and, and he's still like not even a smidgen of the way there. Keep going, my friend. Keep going. Yes. Yes. We want to impress upon people that eternity is a long time. The life that is to come after your death is not short. It is a big deal. It will last forever. And, and, and our minds have a hard time thinking about that. Yeah, I'll be in heaven for like 100 years. Oh, the millennial reign. A thousand years. That's going to be like forever. The millennial reign in the grand scheme of our life with Jesus in heaven, is like, that big. That's the millennial reign right there. A a thousand years in heaven is like a day, right? Because eternity is so huge, it's so long, that little parts, time frames, like our, what, our 60, 80, maybe 100 years of life here on earth, is nothing. It is nothing. Marlene, don't get that in the throat. (laughs) We'll put a book on that. There we go. It is literally nothing. 
He can keep going, couldn't he? All right, thanks, Lane. I think I think I think we got. Here's heaven. Here's your life. What are we doing with our lives right now? Thanks, Dave. You can grab a seat. I just want to stand there for the rest of the time. The reason why I did this is I want to pictorially represent the pain, the struggles, your daily life, what it represents, how small it is compared to what's to come. Thanks, Link. Grab a seat. All right, leave that there. We've got time for a couple of parables. Turn with me to, we're going to look at three different parables real quick. We're not going to spend much time studying them, but turn to Luke 16. We're not going to time, we're not going to spend too much time studying them, but we're simply just going to look at maybe the quick lessons we can learn from them, okay? We'll grab a couple of key verses from them. Luke 16 will be our first one. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can no longer be manager. The manager said to him, sorry, the manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking my job away. I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. So when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their homes. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he said. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than they are to deal, uh, with the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcome into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have been not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of their own? Again, I just want to read verse 10 again. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Turn with me to um, Matthew 24. We're going to read Matthew 24, and then we'll go to chapter 25 after. Matthew 24, verse 45. 
All right. Jesus right now is speaking to his disciples, teaching to the people, and he's talking about what heaven will be like. All right. And what the day of his coming will be like. All right. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Whom of the master has put in charge of his servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing. Sorry. It will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will be put in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to drink with the drunkards and to eat. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him into pieces and place him with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And chapter 25, go down to verse 23. Nope. Verse 14. Again, he's speaking of what heaven is going to be like. Twenty-five, fourteen. Again, it will be like a man who is going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who had received the five talents went away at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also with the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had returned, sorry, the man who had received five talents brought five others. The master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been a faithful of few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents came also. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came to the master and he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him, and give it to the one who has had ten talents. For every one... Who has, sorry, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he, sorry, even what he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant out aside to the darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Three times we see Jesus talking in parable to his disciples about what heaven will be like. There is a day coming where there'll be a reckoning. And God is going to call you and say, hey, what have you done with the stuff that I have given you? 
Here on earth, see, God has given each of us talents, skills, gifts, spiritual gifts. With this short little time that you live, what are you doing with those things? You only have this much time to use it. And then it's up. Then there will be a day of reckoning. It's going to be a wonderful day because you'll be in heaven with Jesus. And then from then forward, you will live forever and ever and ever and ever with Him in heaven. And those who have been faithful with little will be given more. And those who have been faithful with a lot will be given a lot more. Where do you stand? Maybe you say, well, you know, God really hasn't given me many gifts. Well, He's given you some, hasn't He? Every single one of you have a spiritual gift. Every one of you have things in your life, talents or skills, that God can use. What are you doing with those? Please tell me you're not wasting your time here on earth. you got a short little time. Now, it feels like for many of us a long time. What are you doing with your daily minutes? How much time, I'm going to get personal, how much time have you spent sitting in front of the boob tube, the TV? How much time have you spent watching TV in your lifetime? I can't say it's hours for me. I can't say it's days. If you add up all the time I've sat in front of a TV over the course of my lifetime, it would probably equal months or maybe even a year. Like it, seriously, out of all the time that you've ever said, oh, I, I don't watch TV. I watch Facebook. How much time have you spent in front of Facebook or on Instagram or on computer games or any form of technology at all? How much time have you spent staring at that screen? Not that it's wrong, but how much time have you done that? Add it all up. Could you have been using that time more wisely? Have you... Could have you, sorry, could you have been putting your mind on things above? Hey, there's a time coming where God is going to reward me based on the things that I have done here on earth. Is He going to reward me for all the time that I spent on Facebook? Is He going to reward you for that? He's going to say, nope, time wasted. Is He going to reward you for all the time you spent sitting in front of TV? Lord, I was sitting in front of TV so I could educate myself on the political system of the day, on society, so I understand best how to meet their needs. No. No. All the time that you have done things for yourself, I'm not saying doing hobbies and things for yourself are wrong. It's an important thing to have some enjoyment in life because God has given you hobbies and things that you like to do for a reason. Okay? But are you been so selfish with the time that you have here on earth that you've squandered it? Have you spent so much time being a worry wart, worrying about everything that's going to happen to you, being so stressed out about life, so anxious and depressed that you have squandered this time here on earth so that you actually have very little to give to Jesus when you get to heaven. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. My life was so hard here on earth that, uh, you see, I was so stressed out and nervous about my life that I, 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 I hid the talent you gave me. See, the, the things that you gave me, I, I knew that you required much, so I buried it and, and hid it to myself. I spent all that time worrying and worrying and worrying, but I actually never did anything with it. 
That, that would be sad. There's not a single person in this room who God has not blessed. There's not a single person in this room who God does not expect much from. Not a single person God doesn't expect things from them. What are you doing with those things? It's not too early and it's not too late to use the time that you have left for Him. Second Peter. One of my go-to favorite verses. When I need some encouragement. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Alright, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A day is coming where I will stand face to face with Jesus. And you know what I want to hear? I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to receive a rich welcome. I want to say, Brian, yes, you're here. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I probably won't go like that. Okay, but I don't know how it's going to go. But I want, you know, Jesus, I want, I want to see Jesus excited about me being there because he's proud of the things that I've done. It might be selfish. It might be the wrong attitude. But I want, to, I want him to be glad that I worked hard for him here on earth. That I didn't squander my time and waste it. I know heaven will be wonderful regardless. But I want my master to be pleased when I give my reckoning and account to him. What do you want? You have a short little time here on earth to make account for eternity. The things you do here on earth, according to Gladiator, will echo throughout eternity. Really. The lives that you have saved here on earth through the leading of the Holy Spirit, sharing the gospel, guess what? Will echo throughout eternity because they'll be in heaven too. The good works that you've done for Jesus down here will echo throughout eternity. All this time here, that's to come. There are jobs in heaven. I, don't, I have not studied heaven too much, but I know that there are jobs and tasks and things to do for the Lord up there. What we do down here will play a part in the role that we get in heaven. And I want to be the faithful servant that God goes, you know what, you were faithful with this, this form of administration. You were faithful in this task over here that I asked you to do. You know what, I'm going to give you so much more to do up here. Great job, servant. That would be awesome to hear that. That would be awesome to hear. What do you want to hear? Now, don't think to yourself, oh, man, I've wasted 30 years of my life. No, stop that. That's, that's Satan right there. Stop worrying about the past. You can't change that. You still have life now. You still have time now. You're still breathing. And until your last breath comes or the Lord returns... What are you going to do at that time? There's no one too young, no one too old here to serve the Lord. What are you going to do at that time? Set your minds on things above. What are the things that God wants you to do? And you know what? 
They're not going to appear on a TV screen. Mark, today I want you to do this, 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 in the middle of a commercial break. That's not going to happen. It's not going to pop up in your phone text message from God saying, hey, today I want you to go do this, this, and this. That's not going to happen. If you really take it seriously and you want to serve your master, guess where you're going to hear about what God's calling you to do? It's in the quiet time. The Lord talks in a still, small voice. If you want to take your eternity serious, and you want to take pleading your master serious, then you've got to find out what is it that he wants you to do. And the only way that happens is spending time with the master in a quiet place. You've got to get the phone away. You've got to get the TV away. Get the technology away. You know what? You might have to get the kids away. You might have to get your friends away and go to a quiet place and spend time with the Lord and His Word. And He will make it very clear to you what He wants you to do. It's in the Word. First, Second Peter, there, the whole first chapter tells you what God wants you to do. If you want to receive the rich welcome, there's a laundry list of things that you can work on right there. And that would make Him so happy. I just want to challenge everybody this morning that this is to come. Our finite brains cannot grasp eternity. We can't. It's too big for us to understand. But it's coming. It is coming. What are we doing with our little bit of time here on earth to please our Master? Today is corporate prayer. And... uh, I guess I'll open our time. And then uh, Jeff Gaudio is going to close our time. So let's give thanks. Lord of God, we thank you that you are a truly amazing God. And that you would choose to use simple, defiled people like us to serve your purposes. Lord, I pray that we would not squander and waste away the time that we have. I pray that we would not take the talents and skills and gifts that you have given us and hide them and bury them under a bush. Lord, you have put inside of us your Holy Spirit. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. I pray that we would be wise servants who take the gifts that you have given us and the talents that we will multiply them to give you glory. Not to give ourselves glory, not to make us look good, not for our own pride's sake, but to make you look good. So that when you return and we meet you face to face, you can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That you can say, welcome to heaven. I've been so looking forward to seeing you. Lord, how I want to see you face to face and you be grateful and glad for the things I've done here on this earth. Help me, Lord, not to waste my time. Help us, Lord, to spend time with you and your word, trying to understand what it is you would have us to do. May we take it very serious that our life here on earth is short. May we not get distracted by the worldly things around us. Satan does such a great job appealing to our flesh to distract us away from you and the things that are more important. Help us to focus on you. In the Son's name we pray. Amen.